This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. guest today is Michael Williams, and Michael Williams is a Colorado native. He runs Williams & Associates, which helps families and businesses learn and implement strategies in investments, debt elimination, and insurance. Michael currently has a team of 25 teammates in Colorado, Kentucky, Alabama, and Georgia. He's been licensed in the financial services industry since 2009. He's the husband of Chantel Williams and the father of three girls, Nalani, Sanaya, and Aviana. So, Michael, welcome to the show, to the Voice of Leadership. I'm so delighted to have you as my guest today. Thank you for having me, Dr. Karen. I'm uh, extremely excited to be here as well. Fantastic. Well, Michael, one of the reasons that I asked you to join me on The Voice of Leadership today is that you have had great success using our online course, Teams Empowered for Dynamic Organizational Results. So first, Michael, I want to ask you something. Tell me a little bit about your team and what your team was like prior to using the Teams course. What challenges did you have? Well, that's a great question. So we have a lot of people that are part-time, right? So there's a leadership team that's four or five people that are full-time. And, you know, we have another 20 or so that are part-time. So one of the challenges we had was kind of getting some of the people part-time to see the same vision as people that do this for a living full-time and really just being organized with some of the norms we had and allowing people to take ownership. So um, we definitely struggled with some of those in the beginning because my thought was, hey, you know, we're all grown <laughs> adults and we want to, this is the goal. So we kind of know what we need to do, but people don't really work that way. Yeah, it can really be challenging when people may not share the same vision for why you're doing what you're doing. Let me ask a little follow-up question there. What did you do to get that team, both part-time and full-time, on the same page? One of the biggest things is we pulled aside um, a group of key leaders, uh, some people that weren't necessarily on the normal leadership team, but definitely had potential to kind of move to the next level of leadership. Just identify like three to four people, and I pulled them aside and worked with them as a small group, which is something that we never did until we, you know, we went through your program, pulled them aside and we kind of set some smaller goals that this team had a direct uh, impact on. So it, their goal is that we, the larger team cannot hit without the leadership of those those three to four people. So we just kind of pulled aside and we definitely watched the course as a full team via Zoom uh, with everything going on. And that's kind of how we started off. Okay, so you had your full team to actually watch the course and to work through it together answering the questions and so on and so forth. And with the smaller group, what additional things did you do with them? A few things with the smaller group was just kind of get some feedback because initially, like I've been doing the same thing for 11, almost 12 years. You just kind of get used to the way you've been doing things and 
some of the explanations we were giving people for why certain systems were in place weren't completely clear. We just kind of trained them on the system. So getting feedback, because again, it's 2020 now and we should always be adapting, but just getting some feedback to see what was working for the teams individually, what was causing them to maybe not have the best results, just really getting some good feedback so we could implement better strategies and help people really help the community better. You know, one of the things I like about what you're saying now, Michael, is an important part about team dynamics, and that is really having clarity, and particularly clarity about the why of what you're doing, and then also clarity about expectations and what comes next so that people can really be successful and show up in an excellent way. That's absolutely correct. And I think, again, it's a little bit with my personality, I just kind of do stuff and run with it. And I, and I didn't really realize again until we started doing this course that there were some people that were a little bit left behind. They, they maybe didn't feel they were integrated properly uh, with the teams because we didn't necessarily have a, a something in place to kind of formally walk people through. Uh, we kind of let them work with their leadership. But part of my job, again, we don't have like a, a large team with 24 people, but I, I we're small enough that I can still be reached by everybody and can have a hand in some of this stuff. So I just took a little bit more active role in that throughout this course. That's phenomenal. I love that. It allowed you to be thinking about what active role you could take and getting everybody on the same page. You know, I remember, Michael, one time you were telling me about a young man who was on your team who was relatively new and who didn't have any preconceived notions about what to expect and how he walked through implementing the lessons in the team's course. Can you tell us a little bit about that young man and what was different about him and his experience versus some of the other team members who had been there before? Absolutely. So it's it's kind of like if if I'm going into a new industry, like I was a mechanic or something, I'm a blank slate at that point. I'm learning something completely different. I have no expectations of what how things should be done as opposed to if I was a mechanic at a different place. I go to a different place. Sometimes you have to untrain habits that are already there. So with this particular individual, he was completely coming from IT, has nothing to do with what we, you know, we do as a company, but he came in with a blank slate. So he kind of came in right towards the beginning of the team's course. I was working with him individually on some of those things. And within his first 30 to 45 days, he was one of the top producers at his level in our state, which has about 3000 people in the company. He was number one in his category, so and he's been consistently top three to five since uh, he's got started and licensed. That's phenomenal. So here's someone who didn't have a reason not to accept the new perspectives, and he just implemented those, and he was highly successful being number one, and you said consistently being in the top three to five in the organization. That's really pretty phenomenal in terms of results, Michael. So Congratulations to you and being a great leader and bringing that out, you know, in this particular person on your team. What other results did you have, Michael, from using our Teams Empowered for Dynamic Organizational Results course? What else happened? So two examples is just the fact that the gentleman I was referencing had the success he had by being coachable, really, and just implementing the stuff we were teaching uh, that we learned from the course it made it a lot easier for people to not be so resistant. When you have someone that's brand new coming in and they're producing at a better rate than some people that have been there maybe for a year, a couple years longer, it made them more willing to accept the changes that we were making. So that was probably the biggest thing overall. And as a result of that, that led to this next story, which was 
last year in our business, we did about 1.2 million of investments with families and stuff. So I've averaged about 100,000 business a month. But within the first quarter of this year, as a result of implementing some of this stuff, we did about $900,000 of investment. So we did what we did in nine months last year and three months this year, just because we had a little bit more structure and uh, really addressed the concerns that people had, which we didn't even know were concerns last year this time. You know, that's really phenomenal, Michael. Those are really stellar results. And it really kind of points to something that I often say is that teams are so important to the success of organizations because they do the bulk of the work. So if you can resource your teams, if you can get your teams pointed in the right direction and having the clarity that you talked about bringing, then you kind of like unfetter them and they're able to just rise into the stratosphere and produce stellar results. I think it's significant that in three months, you pretty much did what you did last year in the entirety. That's unbelievable. And that's really significant. And it also sounds like you were producing models in the company, people that others could look to to see how do you successfully walk through and get results. So you you were being a model, you were creating models, and resourcing your team so they could take off. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And that was something like just reading your previous book, like just like lead ourselves first. Like I had to kind of evaluate where I was again with this team's course and say like, hey, I'm not producing to the levels that I know I should be producing to. It was good enough to pay our bills and to be top three in our categories, but it still wasn't 100%. It was very difficult for me to coach people and help them get to 100% when even though I was getting great results, I know they weren't 100% of my efforts. So me leading that and then having some people that followed that definitely set a culture now uh, of people who are coachable and producing at a much higher rate. Fantastic. I love that, setting a culture, because one of the things that it's kind of like the secret sauce in business success is As you're developing individuals, as you're developing teams, you're also creating a success culture. And that's what I hear you talking about. And it's all of those dialed in together that make a difference. Michael, you also said that as a leader yourself, there were some things that you had to look at in you. So I want you to talk to us a little bit here about that. What did you personally learn and how did you personally make some shifts in yourself and in your own leadership? One of the biggest things is just getting, making sure I'm getting, listening and processing the feedback from my team so we can make sure we're implementing the best strategies overall. So one of the things we did is I met with the crucial leadership, like the top two or three people that are the, that represent the leadership team. And that leadership team, we individually met with the entire team. So the other 20 people, we met with one-on-one and just kind of went through a few different things and that they they held us accountable it was an open conversation like, hey, I, I'd like this. Hey, I don't like this. Hey, I, I think that you guys could be doing more of this. So that was just eye opening. And we did that with uh, humility. Obviously, that was something you, we had to be humble to do. But as a result of that, people felt like, hey, they actually understand my concerns. They're actually interested in getting these fixed, which made pe- the morale, you know, soar through the roof because Again, we have a smaller team uh, and it really is like a family, but sometimes certain things do get lost in the shuffle. So for me, doing that was phenomenal because it really showed me some areas that I could grow in as a leader and communication with people. The second thing was really just 
being a little bit more structured. Again, my personality is more of a technical action person. So I kind of break things down a little bit more than they might need to be in certain situations. But with that being said, just having things planned out a little bit more throughout my days. So it's more intentional. And then we were getting more intentional results as uh, as, as a result of that. That's great, Michael. You're really talking about being focused in a sense. And I love the word intentional so that you get the results that you're focused on. And I think, too, a lot of leaders forget that they may not see everything that's going on in the business. And so it was very smart of you to listen and not just listen, but to actively seek feedback, to ask the questions and then to use the feedback that you received and allowing yourself to be accountable even to your own organization. Those are all hallmarks of excellent leadership that you implemented yourself and personally. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And then as a result of that, so it just, it wasn't just taking feedback from people so we could make changes. Cause I think sometimes people think, okay, you know, they're getting this information, what are they going to do with it? What we end up doing from there is there were some areas that there's some strengths I have. There's some weaknesses I have same with the rest of our leadership team. But the great thing is, there's no weakness that's a weakness for everybody. So somebody has that strength. So what we started doing is breaking down those people into smaller groups and they're getting coached in certain areas with the leader that has that strength as well. And again, just doing that the last seven days, that's something we've implemented the last seven to 10 days. And we haven't been back at the office yet. We've been working remotely pretty much through this, but people's production, again, like just that small change this month or beginning of this month, We've done more production total this month than we did last month, and it's the 14th already. So I just think these small changes that we've been making have helped us as an organization as a whole in a tremendous way. Oh, that's phenomenal, because one of the things that we know about high-performance teams is that you have people on the team who have complementary gifts, strengths, and talents. They don't all have the same gifts and talents. However, collectively, you can cover more bases because somebody on that team is going to be really good at something that maybe you're not as good at. And you can also teach each other as well. However, the main point, though, is to really have your people operating truly in their sweet spot, if you will. Absolutely. And and I think if we're not working in our strengths, that can be exhausting over time. So it makes it a little bit easier that if you know you like to do something, you're great in that area or it's a strength for you. If you're focusing in those areas and kind of delegate or partner with somebody else to handle other things, it allows it to be more precision training for the people. And again, I think individually for me, I've been a lot less fatigued because I'm not spending mental energy on things that I really don't like or want to do. Amen to that. (laughs) Exactly. I know I have team members in my business to cover the things that I'm not good at for sure. And it really does make a difference. Uh, So I'm really glad to hear you talk about that. Michael, you know, a few minutes ago, you started talking a little bit about how your business has been doing in the last month. And I did want to get back to that and ask you, how has your business fared during the current global crisis? What changes or shifts have you had to make in order to stay successful? That's a great question. So one of the biggest things we've had to do is, you know, just working more remotely using tools like Zoom, et cetera, to meet with clients, because we definitely one of the biggest things is customer service with us. So we want to make sure that people 
know we're still around, we're still working for them. It's just maybe not in the office. So doing a remote shift for training, we, we were already using some of that technology to do training because we have teams in different states, but really just implementing that more with clients has helped us a lot. Our business really hasn't taken too much of a step back. I don't think we've maybe grown at the same rate that we were growing in the first quarter just because we've had to make a few different changes. But our business year over year is still up, which is a huge thing. And um, we've been producing month over month last year at a higher rate because of those changes. And our, our team has been very flexible with using the technology and our clients have been flexible as well. So we've just been trying to make sure that we're adapting to service our clients and our team. And again, holding people accountable, being intentional about what we're doing, I really haven't had too much of a drop off at all. That's phenomenal because a lot of businesses are shrinking or going away during the crisis. And because of the leadership that you are showing and the way that you're building your teams and your culture, you guys are actually growing and you're actually thriving. So that's really great. Michael, you sort of mentioned that you've been using virtual technology anyway with your teams, and now you've just cascaded that more with clients. Talk to me a little bit about how the Teams course worked for you in a virtual context, because some people might be concerned about that. Will this work if my team members are geographically dispersed? And I know that your team members, some of them are geographically dispersed as well. Right. So initially we had some people in the office watching the team's course and we uh, shared the screen to Zoom so the team that wasn't here could watch it. So it was a pretty easy transition to just, hey, guys, you know, instead of us being together that are here in Colorado, we're just going to all move that to the Zoom course. And I think people have been pretty flexible with it. It's been very easy to use. The results have kind of spoken for themselves, but the team has been very flexible. And with the technology we currently have, it, it was pretty seamless to use still. Touching on something I was going to ask you about as well, because I know many team leaders out there get concerned about using an online Teams course, fearing that maybe it might be complicated to use or somehow difficult. So how simple was this program to implement in your business? It was very simple, especially because you guys had an open line of communication. So if there was something maybe we didn't have clarity on or maybe slight changes that uh, we had questions about, you guys were very responsive and, and made those changes. So I think it was very easy to use because, again, just it was simple as logging in and then just hitting the arrow and watching the videos, answering questions and getting the materials out to the team so they can kind of give us feedback as well. So it, it's very easy to use. I think just about any organization that has some kind of technology um, capability to do videos and stuff, it's going to be very seamless for them. Fantastic. So, Michael, then what would you say to any leader out there who's considering using the online Teams course? I would encourage them to do it because it's going to, in my opinion, it'll definitely strengthen or reinforce strengths that your organization already has. It'll help you identify weaknesses and it gives you step-by-step -step strategies to really help fix those and improve those weaknesses. So, And then as a result of that, if you have strengths that are enhanced and weaknesses that are turning into strengths, the organization as a whole is going to grow. So I think it definitely would make sense to do it. I really think it's a bit silly to not do it. I, that might sound kind of cliche, but I'm big on growth. This is the first program we've even done like this with our team. And like I said, the results have really spoken for themselves. 
Well, you know, the bottom line, you certainly can't argue with results that are heading in the right direction, both in terms of morale, as you mentioned, the team dynamic, the culture, and also the financial results. So that's what you're really looking for in a business if you have all of those things dialed in at once. And I like the fact that you said that you could easily follow the step-by-step instructions. In other words, it doesn't leave you in the dark. It gives you the roadmap how to get to where you're going. Absolutely. So Michael, tell us a little bit about the services of your company. What it is that you do to help people What do you provide for people? And if someone out there who's listening wants to contact you to learn more about your business, let them know how they can get in touch with you. Great question. So really what we do is we serve individual families and small businesses and help them get debt elimination, debt management together, because that's an area that families are really struggling with in the country, helping them build assets so they can retire with dignity and not have to go back to work and income that can supplement whatever they're doing at their job, as well as in different insurances so they can protect their income and the time they're still building their assets. We do a complimentary financial plan for everybody we sit down with just because a big thing for us is service. And we feel that if people are educated on the steps they need to take, it's going to make it a lot easier to implement those steps. So it, that really is a big thing for us. The best way to get in contact with me is my email address or my cell phone number, one of the two. And I try to give, and again, it's a big thing for me to give all my clients my cell phone number so they know, hey, if I have a question, I don't have to go through a 1-800 number. I can call Mike directly. And if I don't answer right away, I tell them I'll get back to them within an hour or two. So my email address is Mike Williams with an S0728 at gmail.com. And my phone number is 719-229-2553. Fantastic. Michael, I'm really so delighted by the work that you're doing because in these uncertain economic times, I know that families are struggling and especially the part about preparing for retirement when a lot of the benefits that people were expecting may not be there and may be going away. So the fact that you are providing that service to the community is certainly exemplary. And I certainly wish you and your business continued success as you serve the community. Thank you very much. We're definitely uh, looking forward to continually serving the community, getting to 20 years in the business here in nine years. So I'm definitely excited about continuing to serve the community and you know helping families hit their goals long term. So, Michael, as you know, my show is predominantly for executive business leaders. And so I want to ask you, what words of wisdom do you have for my audience of executive business leaders? What do you want to leave with them? Really a few things. My philosophy is continue to self-improve. If we're continually self-improving, it's going to be a lot easier for us to hold others around us accountable to improve, and they'll be way more willing to improve. Secondly, really just making sure we're leading through service, whatever industry, whatever people are doing, there's going to be some interaction with people and we cannot be successful for not serving people. I think those two are impossible with almost any industry. So just lead through service, serve people and the results that you'll get in whatever business you're in will explode. That's really my philosophy with leadership. Thank you so much, Michael. And I'll say to my audience out there, You've heard Michael's words of wisdom. Lead yourself first. And you guys know that I believe in that. And secondly, serve other people. 
And when you do both of those together, it's a quantum leap and impact. So to my audience out there, to those of you who are interested in learning more about our online Teams course, Teams Empowered for Dynamic Organizational Results, go to our website, transleadership.com, go to the Resources tab, and then click on Teams Empowered for Dynamic Organizational Results. Thanks for being with me today, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.